But wait, there's more with Opie and Karina. Guess what's back? Don't look now. It's the podcast, baby. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Karina. Nothing's changed. I was wondering, like, I was wondering, like, she had a crazy look on her face. She's like, what? what the, we have started, Karina. <laughs> the Shamrock Shake at McDonald's? <laughs> well, that is back. <laughs> if you like that sort of thing, it is there. Oh, man. You got your stimulus money. That's good. I did. I got stimmied. I got my tax return money. I mean, hey. I got nothing. Hey, <laughs> girl power over here. No, but for real, real quick. By the way, it's Opie, Karina, and Kellen. It is another episode of the podcast. Real quick, you did your taxes like... Not this, not yeah. two two Sundays I did ago. It one Sunday. Oh yeah, I guess two Sundays ago. And you already point. got it back. That's she got it back days. on Saturday. Yeah. Wow. She logged into her bank account. We were talking about something when we were together. We were trying to see if we got our stimulus money. Oh, that's right. Because it had just gone out that they were starting to be deposited. Oh. And so Kellen opens up her bag and she goes, what? Whose money is that? And she clicked it. She goes, oh, that's my tax return. That's my money. <laughs> my bank account has never been higher. <laughs> Thank you, IRS. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So today on the podcast, we have a very, very oh. special guest. I'm so excited. Same. That we are excited. Very excited, obviously, to talk to, and that is the CEO of the Academy of Country Music, Damon Whiteside. We've been really excited for this. We kind of knew it was going to be happening. We've just been kind of waiting yeah. for it to mm-hmm. happen. Um, and what perfect timing with the the host announcement last week and everything. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and talk to him. He's on the phone now. So uh, uh, Damon Whiteside, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. And I would say probably most of the artists you talk to are bigger names. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to say this, though. I was more nervous about this today than I was talking to Blake Shelton the other week. (laughs) Is that is that strange? Oh, sure. sure. You're making me feel good. Listen, we got goosebumps when Melissa called and she's like with the Academy of Country Music. I was like, whoa, baby, that's so big. Uh, Anyway, Damon, let's jump right into it because we've just got a limited time with you. We just want to talk about. First of all, we want to talk about the awards show today. We kind of want to talk about the the show coming up. And we want to talk about you specifically Mm -hmm. and what you do as the CEO of the ACM. So, you know, first off, first question, I guess, is, you know, what does a day in the life of the CEO of the Academy of Country Music look like? What do you do on a daily basis? Well, here's the question. Are you talking before COVID or after COVID? Uh, Let's do a mixture. (laughs) Yeah, well, so fortunately or unfortunately, however you look at it, I actually started the job like right before COVID hit. So I started in January 2020. Oh, wow. Um, You know, thinking that, you know, the year I sort of had a plan for what the year was going to be. And then obviously everything changed once we got in April. So definitely changed what a day-to-day looks like because typically we would be in the office every day and probably, you know, seeing each other and interacting with each other and being out at, you know, having board meetings in person and, you know, being around artists in the industry. And of course, you know, that all changed this year. So I think, you know, working in quarantine is a much different day to day, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, in general, I would say, you know, every day is completely different. Um, the one thing that's always the same is that it is Zoom meetings from morning until late at night every <laughs> single day. We've all become accustomed to that. Yes. <laughs> that's one thing that never changes. But, you know, I mean, the really cool thing about it is that there really is never a predictable day. Like every day changes. You know, we, we are very much, you know, a product 
going on in the industry. So if something, you know, good, bad, and different happens in the industry, we're always, you know, at the forefront of that and needing to react to that and find ways that we can support the industry at all times. So, um, you know, depending on what's going on, things can change day to day and things pop up minute to minute. But, um, you know, essentially during this period, you know, really kind of, I'd say December up to through April, we're very focused on the award show, uh, the ACM award show. And then, you know, and then we tend to then focus in as we get into the summer, we focus on ACM honors, which is our show that we'll be doing um, this year at August, in August at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. And, um, and then, you know, the remainder of the year, we're, we're doing all kinds of initiatives, again, just supporting the industry, supporting artists, um, you know, our membership. We have over 4,100 members, you know, that we're trying to bring value to them as well. Um, so there's just a lot of a lot of different uh, priorities that we have. So it's constantly changing. You mentioned the award show. So what role do you actually like play when it comes to the award show? What is your role in that? Um, well, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the executive producers on the show. Um, so I work very closely with our executive producer team on all things related to the show. Um, in just ensuring that the academy has a really strong, you know, point of view, and making sure that we are supporting artists and supporting the industry, and making sure that the show is a good representation um, of the country music industry. So I'm part of all the creative discussions, all the budget discussions, you know, just all the planning that happens around the show, and then of course. You know, I, I have the you know benefit, of course, too, of just having a really great staff at the ACM and, you know, just helping them, um, you know, lead all of their areas on everything from red carpets and radio rows to, um, you know, just everything that's going on day to day and then around the awards, around the award show and, you know, just making sure that everybody is as successful as they can possibly be. So you talked about, you know, you, you talked about, you know, all, all these people that you help make decisions with, like, how many people are we talking? I mean, like how many people are on your team? Uh, so, well, so at the, there are quite a few actually chefs in the kitchen, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, uh, at the <laughs> Academy specifically, we're a pretty lean and mean staff. We've got in the neighborhood of about, 26 employees uh, that are full-time employees that all, you know, how they, they touch all facets of the show. Um, you know, there's so many things that are involved in it from, you know, just mm-hmm. hotels we're going to stay at, venues that we're going to do the show, to credentialing, to health and safety, to, you know, all of the media that we do, to radio, of course, you know, so many pieces to it. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we um, are in a partnership with Dick Clark Productions that actually the Academy has been working with Dick Clark Productions since since uh, Dick himself came on as a producer in 1979. Wow. So we've been with them for a long time. And they have a fairly large staff. They produce a lot of television, both scripted and unscripted. And um, so we work with all of them on the production. And they really take the lead on the actual television production side of it. Um, and then we work in tandem with all of their team. Um, so they're all involved. And then, of course, we've got the CBS television network, um, which then, you know, they've got their whole team, which is 
helping with everything from show planning to um, helping on the talent development side of things to um, also, again, all of the, the media and the marketing and the digital and social and all of those kinds of things. So we've got kind of three three dedicated teams, plus we bring on a lot of freelancers. Um, as you can imagine, it takes a lot of people to, to put a live show on. And especially this year, we're going to be, you know, again, back in three three venues live. So it takes a lot of people to pull that off. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like in the, in the times we're in, <laughs> these unprecedented times. Oh, please don't. <laughs> if you say that phrase one more time, Karina. <laughs> um, I do. I feel like people just see things getting canceled and they think that one person made that decision and it's just like, oh, why are they canceling? But like you said, there are so many pieces involved. And if one mm-hmm. of those pieces can't do something, then it, they could translate and mess up everything. So I'm glad you mentioned like more of that so people can maybe understand it's a bigger production than just one person making the call. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there's there's so many factors with everything. And, you know, obviously doing the live show in the midst of the pandemic, I mean, that certainly makes it even much more complicated and requires a lot more decision-making and a lot more staff. And, you know, we work really closely with the city health officials of Nashville, like for the show we did in September and again, you know, coming up. Um, Plus, we have a whole health and safety uh, consultant team. So, as you can imagine, it's very, very complex and much of which I don't fully understand. I just kind of (laughs) (laughs) go along with what I'm told. And um, that it is, it takes a village for sure to put on a show like this. Well, you had mentioned that you just came aboard in January. Of course, I don't think anybody expected the shutdown that came last year. January, I'm sorry, of 2020. Um, So you had the first major country music event, I would say, during a pandemic. So Mm -hmm. what was the process like last year deciding to at first postpone the show and then move it to Nashville? Yeah, it was was, um, probably one of the most memorable times of my career, I will say that. You know, as you can imagine, anytime you start a new job, you come into it really bright-eyed and excited and and just ready to go, and you want to do a great job. And so we were full steam ahead on the show in Vegas when I started. And, in fact, we even made a trip to Vegas with all the staff to walk through everything. And, you know, we were sold out and just, I mean, everything was set. And, uh, and we also had, you know, Party for a Cause events to support our Lifting Lives um, nonprofit. Um, organization. And um, so all that was set. And so we were excited. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, when the the pandemic started, and we just weren't really sure, you know, nobody was sure of where it was all going to go. And so we just were watching it every day. Um, but at that point, it still felt like April was going to be possible because our show is on April 5th. Um, and it still felt like it was going to be very possible to do. So we kind of just kept you know, remaining hopeful and remaining hopeful. And then it just became, you know, events started to cancel and then, you know, but we still wanted to hold on to it because we knew the fans and the artists, they were counting on a show, you know, to be a live television show on April 5th. So we tried to hold on to it as long as we could. And then even looked at scenarios of not having an audience and still doing the show. But ultimately as it got closer um, the city of Las Vegas and, and the governor of the state, you know, eventually just pulled the plug on any kind of gatherings that made it completely impossible to even try to imagine a show. And so, 
It was very disappointing. I mean, it was really tough for the for the staff and everybody involved because we were so far down the road. And, you know, it's, it's upsetting and scary to have to pull the plug on a show like that. And so, but I, you know, I'd say the positive of it is it really allowed us to innovate. And we, if you remember, we actually kind of turned on a dime and then came up with the idea of doing the at-home show called ACM Presents Our Country. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And so. So we went to work really quickly and within a matter of, you know, a month, you know, from the time the idea came up to getting it all done and delivered, um, we still put on it, put on a really great two hour show on April 5th and it was very highly rated and the fans loved it. And we just went in, you know, had artists record performances from home and we were really, I think one of the first, if not the first, you know, at home special um, during the pandemic. And so we were really proud of that. And then we just then had to go to work figuring out, well, when are we going to reschedule this show and where are we going <laughs> to do it? And that, I'll spare you the details, but that was months and months of just discussion because, you know, there was just no venues available anywhere because all of the concerts and sporting events, they kept just kind of postponing and moving them later in the year. And so we kept all holding on to the hope that it was all going to get better by the summer last year, which of course never happened. Um, but then we ultimately were able to find, you know, work with the city of Nashville and with Opry Entertainment and the Bluebird. And we were able to make it work and stars aligned. And we were able to get the Opry and the Ryman and the Bluebird. And then, you know, really our board of directors was very supportive of moving the show to Nashville for the first time in our history, just mainly from the perspective of it was going to be the safest for the artists and for the industry to not have to travel. And then they could just be at home and come down and do the show and then leave. Um, so that's ultimately what we did. And, you know, I'm incredibly proud of that show. I think it's one of the most beautiful shows we ever did, even though we didn't have an audience. And so it's leading us to be, you know, really excited about this year's show. And Hey, Damon, this is Kellen jumping in. So you just said that you switched from one venue to three and all the complications that you went through to secure those three. So with all those moving parts, was the show completely all live or was it partially recorded, partially live, or um, was it just one or the other or all three? It was a mix. It was, you know, going into it, we had tried to keep it all live if possible, but we weren't able to... Um, get the Ryman on the exact dates that we needed. And so we ultimately, but we really wanted the Ryman, you know, obviously Mother Church of Country Music, how can you do the show in Nashville and not be at the Ryman? So we we made the decision that we were going to just pre-tape some performances at the Ryman. Um, and then we had the Opry and the Bluebird live that night. But what ultimately happened was we had, we had a, a good, you know, percentage of the performances that were, pre-taped like the day before, a couple of days prior, but then the artists, um, you know, live on the night came down to the venue. And of course we had the live, we were still live that night at, at the Ryman and the Bluebird and we did live awards and live hosting and there's still some live performances um, that night of as well. So it was a little bit of a combination of both, but I think um, the way we were able to do it, it was so seamless that for the audience, it just felt like it was all happening in real time. And it was good because it, it allowed us to sort of learn how to do an award show during the pandemic because we were really <laughs> the first live award show because most all the ones prior to us, had been, they were fully pre-taped 
we were the first one to be live for the three hours and do live awards, having the nominees on site to accept awards. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's really good to hear that it was live and under obviously understandably so why some had to be uh, recorded. Let's yeah. talk about the big announcement you made last week. I think we were all waiting to see who was going to host this year's award show. And I think we all love that it was going to be Keith Urban and Mickey Guyton. So what's the process like when, when choosing them and really asking like Keith to come back and then adding Mickey? Yeah, I mean, we were thrilled to have Keith for the first time last year. He was our reigning entertainer of the year, and so we were really excited to have him because he's just – the funny thing, really, is, and the lucky thing for us is, you know, he was going to originally be doing it in April in Vegas, and we thought he was perfect for that. And then when it ultimately became September in Nashville during the pandemic, we were even more excited to have him because he's just – he just connects with fans so well and he's so well respected and he speaks from the heart and he just put so much heart and soul into that show and into everything he said, he just was the perfect fit. So we were really hoping he was going to have a good time and was going to be willing to come back um, yeah. in April. So we tried to be on him as we could. And, you know, he was, he was really gracious and agreed to come back. Um, but it's interesting. The, the Mickey Guyton idea um, really, it came to us during the live show in September this last year, because if you'll remember, Nikki had her first solo performance on an award show where, he did what, where she did What Are You Going to Tell Her? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can obviously she was, she was, I think at that time, she was, I can't remember how many months pregnant she was, but... She was beautiful, um, though. I mean, it was, that was stunning dress she was wearing. <laughs> She looked gorgeous, and you know, and she she was live, live by the way, um, performed live, live. Oh wow! And um, when Keith came out and he played piano for her, and we were sitting in the audience, myself with the other executive producers, and we watched that, and we literally just had goosebumps watching that performance. It was so powerful. Keith there with her, it was just something about it. It was just. It was like pure magic, and he literally said, we should have Mickey join Keith to host next year. Like, she would be perfect to join him, and because, you know, we're in multiple venues and everything, it also kind of would be nice to have a host that, you know, one at the Opry, one at the Ryman, and, you know, just kind of help with the hosting. So we just felt like our chemistry, it was just so powerful. And um, Mickey, who we love anyway, she's She's um, a big ACM supporter. We had her on the show in past years, and she just is so has such a great personality, and she's funny, and she's warm, and you know she's just so positive. There's so many just and obviously incredibly talented. So we felt like she's really got the chops to be a host, and so just that really kind of jailed it for seeing her with Keith. And so um, you know that said, we can let things you know, let them get through the show and let it kind of cool for a while. And then we started up discussions about April and, and then ultimately, um, you know, Keith was really excited about the idea and the opportunity and he has a ton of respect for Mickey and of course vice versa. So it just, it really organically 
came together and we're really, really excited and proud of it. Yeah, we love Mickey Guyton here. We, oh, you yeah. know, we have supported her from, from day one and just think she's an amazing artist. And, and just FYI, since we're talking about, you know, the multiple venues and multiple hosts, if you need a couple more to cover something small, <laughs> Karina and I are available. Um, that night. Hey, I am too, and by Kellen, the way. Kellen is available as well. We've so. been to the ACMs once. We feel like experts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they, they we're just throwing that oh, out there, Damon. You know, I, I hope you can get your vaccine beforehand. That will help. <laughs> Done. Whatever you need, Damon. Done. <laughs> well, we're really very much so looking forward, though, to getting back to normal with red carpets and radio rows and all us. Yeah, us too. <laughs> <laughs> so something we don't see on the live show is the new artists being presented with their awards. Um, so why do you do that beforehand and not live? Well, so the main reason, it's a really, it's a really good reason, um, and I applaud the Academy, um, you know, for making this decision. It was well before my time, but, you know, we really very much believe in supporting new artists at the Academy, and you'll see that there's we put a lot of focus on that category for the new male and the new female and the new or group category each year. And so that's a new artist category to show. We, we provide, we give them a slot. That's a guaranteed um, slot. And so because of that, um, you know, we need to know in advance. We need to let the artists know in advance that they won just so that they can plan what song they're going to do and they can rehearse and be prepared. Um, so that's really the main reason is just so that we can ensure that those artists that win get a chance to perform in the show. What is the, you know, obviously working in radio, we, we kind of understand and know this process, but we, we want an, an expert like you, the CEO of the ACM to mm-hmm. kind of explain what is the voting process like? How are these artists in these categories, these nominees, ultimately who votes and how does you get to the winner? Um, it's, I mean, it's really mostly through the, um, you know, over 4,100 voting members that I mentioned prior, um, you know, they're all, they're all eligible to vote and we go through three voting rounds where it starts with more of an open submission process. So, um, artists and songs and, um, all the variety of, of, of um, of board categories, um, are submitted. And then they ultimately, you know, they appear um, on the first ballot and then, you know, for the other two ballots, then they just get whittled down by the voter. And so um, we also, we have um, Deloitte is our accounting firm that manages that process to make sure that everything is managed and there is no, you know, that everything is confidential and accurate and all of that. So it's really, um, you know, like I said, managed by them, and then they poured out the results for each of the each of the um, ballots uh, to us, and then you know that's verified, and then we then put the ballots out, you know, and give the membership a certain amount of time to be able to go in online and cast their votes, and then that's essentially um, how the winners are determined. Well, speaking of that, there was the tie last year, obviously, and everyone was like, whoa, I feel like even Keith was like, whoa. Yeah, my jaw <laughs> dropped. I was like, because I, I that's never happened before, right, Damon? It had never happened before in a major category for the show, certainly not Entertainer of the Year. 
Um, so believe me, it was it was a shocker for everybody, not just Carrie and Thomas Rhett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was definitely definitely a shocker. And again, I I was sitting there. You'll all appreciate because we were just talking about this. But I'm like, how does this happen in my first year as CEO <laughs> and during a pandemic here. It's like, can anything get any more crazy? So real quick, I know we got to wrap up. We're running out of, out of time with yeah. you. We appreciate everything that you have offered up so far. We wanted to ask one last question though, which is the, obviously the ACMs are coming up April mm-hmm. 18th, at eight o'clock on CBS. You just announced the host last week. Any more hints to surprises <laughs> or something? You know we have to ask. Come on, Damon. <laughs> like you, Come on. I will tell you, it is again going to be probably one of our best shows ever. Um, it's going to be true magic being at those venues. And this year, all three venues are live. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. And we might have some outdoor performances as well. Because this year, you know, we really we want to be a little bit different. We, you know, we know that people are at a place now where they want some optimism and some fun and they just want, they want to connect with their favorite artists. So I think the show is going to be a little more fun, probably a little brighter, a little more up tempo. Uh, We really want to celebrate Nashville because Nashville had a really tough year last year and it's going to come back and be the vibrant music city that it is. So we're going to really celebrate Nashville and these great venues. And I think being led by those two awesome hosts, and just, it's really, really going to be wall to wall music and it's just going to be hit after hit. Um, so I'm just really, really excited. Well, you just got me excited. <laughs> yeah, that, it's awesome. We can't wait. Yeah. April 18th, 8 o'clock on CBS is when the uh, ACMs air. Damon Whiteside, CEO of the Academy <laughs> of Country Music. Thanks for carving out some time to chat with us today. Thank we appreciate you. it. Of course. Well, we appreciate y'all and thank you for the support of the Academy and, and hope you will be watching. And then we'd love to have you back in, you know, when the pandemic's over in 2022 to have you out. Yeah, we're getting our vaccine now so we can come help you host this year. So <laughs> you got our number. Call us, Damon. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. All thank right. you. Take, take care, y'all. Thank you. Man, what a fun guy he is. Love him. Man, you know, he's a, just a wealth of knowledge. You know, you know that guy holds the keys. I thought you were going to say he's wealthy, and I'm like, I'm well, sure he is. Well, <laughs> he doesn't need the stimmy. I was going to say, I don't think he got a stimulus. <laughs> is no. he hung up? Okay, yeah, he's yeah, good. Yeah, okay. no, it's awesome. <laughs> All right, so real quick, ACMs are coming up in April on CBS. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about predictions. Could be anything. It could be winners. It could be a collab. It could be whatever. Okay. Karina, what you got? Uh, I'm going to do female vocalist. I'm going to say Ashley McBride takes it. Ooh. That's a good Yeah. Guess. That is a good prediction. Yeah. All right, uh, Kellen? Yes, I'm Kellen. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, so Damon mentioned that there's going to be an outside performance. Mm-hmm. So looking at the music event of the year category, I'm going to go wild card with Hardy, Lauren Elena, and <gasps> Devin Dawson Ooh. performing One Beer. Oh, that oh. would be awesome. That's yes. very precise. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Okay, Opie? Uh, well, going along the same beer line, I'm predicting... <laughs> Alcohol, yes. ...that Midland is going to be drunk. Yes! <laughs> I think that they are just... I mean... <laughs> I mean, if we've seen recent history with those guys, yes. Yeah. All right, that's another episode of the podcast. As always, we'd love for you to hit us up on social media. At Opie and Karina on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. That's right. All right. Till next time. Well, well, who knows who our guest is going to be next time? Oh, you just wait. But but wait. <laughs> There's, There's more. more. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bummed.